0: It's going to be a wild ride, so buckle yourselves in. Hello and welcome to Stromash, the Scottish NFL podcast. It is episode 250. Uh, Never did we think that we were going to make it this far when we started this pod. All those many, many years ago, but we have. We've done it. We're halfway to 500, a momentous milestone, and we've got some special guests tonight. Oh my, have we got some special guests. First of all, I can't believe we've got him, but he's here. BBC Scotland's Paul Mitchell. How are you, Paul?
1: I'm very well indeed, and I'd just like to say that other podcasts might have made a fuss about 250, but we're down to earth. We're grounded. We knew we'd get here. So yeah, it was always (laughs) going to happen.
0: We're saving the party for 300, right? Saving the party for 300. And I can't believe uh, three weeks on the
1: trot.
2: Hello, Charles Parson. How are you? Good evening. I, I don't see why this is so surprising that I keep turning up. <laughs> because you haven't for ages. <laughs> well, no, I have, I have a busy life. But, you know, I, I do drop in, you know, when when the moment matters. And this is, an, this is a milestone moment, a quarter of a way to a thousand. And it's you still easy. don't know how to press record on the... Uh, <laughs> record button in order to actually <laughs> record the podcast. But uh, it's, or, it is, it yeah, amazes yeah. me we've made
0: it this far. I'll be perfectly honest; it genuinely does. Um, there is a lot of this is built on sand, as those that truly know us and have been with us since episode one are fully aware of. And uh, for anyone extra, that's joined
2: us, excellent since, Wi-Fi as well, of course. Absolutely <laughs> on oh, cards.
0: i have still not fixed that. You know, <laughs> maybe by episode 500 that'll be. I might be on fiber optic by then, and that'll help. Um, Where's the rest of the team? So, first of all, uh, Jamie Borthwick is just let us know that he's had an unexpectedly long day at work. He's exhausted, so he's out. Gordon McGuinness has got other stuff to do, so he's not available, and Ian's working. What? This is pathetic. Other stuff to do. How have we made it to 250?
2: (laughs) Other stuff to do and too tired at work. I don't think Tommy DeVito would be saying he would be too tired at work after his fantastic weekend
0: well we'll we'll get to tommy devito right and actually i'm going to go straight to something that this podcast is built upon because we said it was built upon sand it's not built upon sand it's built upon the people that listen and the people that Mm. engage um you know this year we've lost our patreon uh we're about to do an event at the golf tavern slightly different style this one because obviously it's later in the year it's just before christmas we had uh, an amazing event at Top Golf. We're speaking to them next week about what other things we might be able to do with them as well. So, you know, people have been asking. This podcast is built upon the people that engage with it. Uh, and I think that, you know, we'll start this episode by going straight to the Belter nominations for week 11, using that to frame the conversation, because there's actually a whole load of different people nominated. So there's a bunch of names I'm going to get wrong. Um, We will (laughs) then go on. We'll pick our team of the week. We will share our rants. Uh, and then we've got we've asked some people as well this week, what has been your favourite moment of the 250 episodes we've done so far? So we'll touch on some of that as well. Nice to hear some, what people enjoy. So let's get straight into it. And I'm going to do this as we've been doing recently in alphabetical order. I'm going to start at the very top. There are four nominations for the Bounce Back kid, Mr. Brock Purdy. Uh, a couple of good weeks on the track. a perfect game 333 yards 3 touchdowns 0 interceptions already awarded NFC player of the week let's give him the belter two, says Stephen John got to be purdy after his perfect passer rating this weekend that's Alex Beaton uh, and Paddy Kelly says after that, if he patched by week, the Niners look very much back on track. And a flawless game from Purdy. NFC is going to be a great fight until the championship game. Home field advantage will be key, you feel. And if that is the case, then good lord the Eagles got themselves one heck of a win on Monday night football. That is a significant moment and we'll we'll come around to some of that as well. Um but Brock Purdy obviously in with a couple of nominations. Uh, it's going to go downhill from here because this is where we get into. I'm sure to pronounce this wrong. Gordon's not here to keep me right.
2: The uh, wrong right, bland. DeRon Blunt, yeah, yeah, that's okay. Yeah, you're you're going, you're doing okay so
0: far. Yeah, that's fine. So two nominations for him. Uh, Lon Callahan says four pick sixes in only ten games, thanks the season record an average of one every two point five games might be on course for six or seven this season. Uh, I think it's been really interesting as well to see his touchdowns compared to some of the big wide receivers this year, and he's like scoring a whole bunch of them. The Dolphins defense gets a single nomination from Ian Brown. Lots of contenders, but two great interceptions from the Dolphins defense. One being the last-ditch game-winning one to help them get the win that gets the vote uh, Mark McKeown gives it to two specific people uh, on the Dolphins Jalen Phelps and Jalen Ramsey Saxon spectacular interceptions particularly in the last seconds to secure the game the Dolphins defense finally come together for winning the game for a slightly misfiring offense there's one for Gordon McGinnis I think we should probably skip over it because he's not here Oh, go uh, on. He's Tell been us given it. a
2: belter nomination. He has. So, uh, so a, that 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 is a total that's banned. You're not allowed to nominate either yourself or other people on the podcast. But go on, I want to hear this. He
0: gives it to Gordon because Gordon gets his belter for him jinxing in the chat and help the Lions overcome a 12-point deficit with four minutes to go. <laughs> Thanks, Gordon. So <laughs> we can all appreciate that. Jordan Love gets a nomination from Kenny Law. Stepping up and proving some doubters wrong with another top-quality display. If the Packers can address the Oling properly in the draft, then this offense will be a cracker next year with a young wide receiver core that can only get better. Khalil Shakir gets one from Jason Hoffman. Watching the 81 touchdown catch and run unfold was a thing of beauty. He's been slowly playing his way into the offensive game plan, and this Sunday was his best game yet. Big things are coming big things are going to come from this player. The Kansas City Chiefs fans, says Alan Morton. <laughs> this is a weird. one. So he's given it because he got to see their ugly coupons after Valdez Scantling dropped the game-winning touchdown pass. Yeah, gee, the Chiefs have the most in receivers in the NFL.
2: I don't think that's a <laughs> statement. I don't think that's unfair to. to, to I, I was to just going to say,
0: is, is there a worse? Uh, the, the Packers were in that conversation, but they seem to have sorted it out a bit. There was a couple I mean Christian Watson in particular. How many drops have the Packers had? But uh, he's two all season. Football. But
2: there you go. There's your another shit take, but we'll get on to them over the course of the of the night. <laughs> but the Chiefs the Chiefs, Chiefs, they Chiefs are have, pretty much the sure Chiefs, they are. The Chiefs have been the Chiefs are seven and three. Look, I, I have to say when I saw the ball air out to to Marcus Valdez Scantling, I'm thinking I've seen this movie before many times. Um, So Chiefs fans, you you now feel exactly how Green Bay fans felt for year after year watching him drop deep balls. That They are still a good team, but they are missing pieces. So that is a fair nomination.
1: You know what? I think it's quite interesting. There's actually, if if you look at it, there's a lot of disappointing endings for a lot of fan bases. You know, at the weekend, you know, Seattle blew it. I think the Chargers blew it. you know there was quite a few teams that got themselves into winning positions and uh, obviously the Bears being being the best example of that and you know it can just come down to it I mean the Packers should have lost the Chargers should have won that game they were the better team Um, but they couldn't catch the damn ball (sighs) You
2: know. Yeah, just I don't know. I, I, I would um I would push back on that. I don't think the Chargers have shown anything in recent weeks to suggest that they deserve to win that game. I think if you look at Brock Purdy, let's go back to the top of the nominations, it doesn't count because he's playing Tampa. Let's be honest. They're not a real football a, team. They that's a not, decent defense. No, it's not. It really isn't. It used to be a decent defense. You're judging it on two years ago. They are, they they they, didn't, they never touched him all game. Brock Purdy, as we all know, is a high beneficiary of that system and that system is after after a three week slump is functioning very very well he played all right but it's not that long ago that we were sitting here and people we were all agreeing that brock Purdy's not a very good quarterback and suddenly he's oh, yeah. su- a three star of the week nah i'm not giving it to brock purdy just as the, there's quite a few people who don't qualify for it because of the opposition that they were playing against who was your second nomination again Who's the? Second? Uh, I've not, I've not finished the, the oh, right. oh, you're still, going. You. I you still four, going. I thought you said there were four. I thought you said there were four. No, no, no. There was
0: four nominations for Brock Purdy. Oh, there's way more. Right. Oh there's God, right, keep more. going then. Let's keep going. Yeah, so we've got one um, for Mike Tomlin, just because it was overdue. Doesn't make it the wrong decision. Matt canada is gone. It's now time to evaluate, <laughs> pick it before I like deciding that. how to turn this. Uh, how to turn this off season? Is that from Johnny Bailey? That's not, from Stephen Bryson. Johnny All Bailey right. gave his to Matt Canada, the immaculate termination. A year too late, but glad he's finally gone. Don't usually celebrate someone losing their job, but this is an exception. Time for King Kenny to shine. <laughs> Nick Sirianni gets one for losing both these coordinators in the off-season. And now, uh, and sorry, for losing both these coordinators in the off-seasons, <laughs> And now delivering a 9-1 start. Also managing to annoy every other fan base in the process with his sideline antics. Keep it up, Nick. Razul Douglas gets one from Phil Spears. Well, I've had to eat my hat. was not overly impressed by his addition to the Broken Bills defense. However, what a lad. Two picks and a fumble recovery. We've not had that since Schultz in the 1998 season. So fair play to a guy who's been in the building less than a fortnight. Get him signed up along with Floyd for another season right now. Thomas Morstead, absolutely shooing for QB in the team of the week. Went one for one for 18 yards. Best Jets QB performance by far. <laughs> uh, Steve Clark gets one from Peter Coyne. He was a hand and saw
2: very little of the games. So he's uh, just giving it to Steve Clark. You know what? It was that mundane a week that he might be in the mix here. <laughs>
0: There's still some names to come. Tank Dell gets a couple. Lee says, Tommy DeVito was better than anything we've seen from Daniel Jones in the last X amount of years. Brock Purdy had a perfect passer rating. I could eat... uh...
1: (laughs) see Brock Purdy just takes your breath away for a very average quarterback and he is an average quarterback he's, he's
2: deleting the email which has been sent in with this nomination I think, or he's trying to work out how to read ah, his name
0: yes I, I I read these in advance but it's it's fine right Tommy DeVito was better than anything we saw from Daniel Jones in the last X <laughs> amount of years possibly ever Brock Purdy had a perfect passer rating I could even be a homer for the second week running Cortland Sutton has made another terrific catch to ensure the Broncos win for the fourth game in the row. but I'm going for the three foot two £95 Texans wide receiver who had a great game who helped them win again despite his physical limitations. Tank Dell gets the nominations. Uh, Lewis Forbes also nominates him and says, that catch for the touchdown was just outrageous. No more needs to be said. Steve Briggs gives his nomination to Taylor Swift. She's done more than any defensive back linebacker or defensive coach to stop Travis Kelsey and, in turn, the Chiefs' offence. As the old age states, women weaken legs, and Kelsey looks shot. He's gone from being the tight end in the Smash Team of the Week every week to just another guy. He can hardly run, is dropping passes, fumbling at crucial times, and wasn't even the best tight end on the Chiefs when he played the Eagles.
1: Yeah, and he's not playing well on the field either.
0: No, indeed. <laughs>
2: Three nominations for Tommy DeVito. Three nominations mm. for Tommy DeVito. And you know what? I think this is the week. I think this is the week. It's never going to happen. And this is a shame that Jamie's decided he's too oh, tired
0: to come on. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on a minute. Because Go. you've just said that people are being discredited because of who they were up against. So mm-hmm. Tommy DeVito was against the
2: yeah. worst defense in the NFL. Yeah, but Tommy DeVito is the worst quarterback possibly, well, before last week, that we'd ever seen. But so Tommy, have, DeVito, Tommy DeVito, we said on this podcast, did not deserve to be starting in the NFL. And then he throws three cut touchdowns. Now, that is a damning indictment of the Washington defense. However, it, he was it, also sacked nine times. He was. So oh, to pr- you know. produce those stats whilst being stat, sacked nine times, I think is highly impressive. So I think he has a very strong candidate. I think Tank Dell is a very strong candidate as well. Um,
1: it was don't one of those
2: like weird weeks, though. This week, you know, there was nothing really that's jumped out to me this week, I thought.
1: What it reminded me of is, remember all those years ago, um, the, the, the Steelers lost to the Broncos with Tim Tebow at quarterback with that amazing throw at the end. You know, and, and that proved to be an outlier. I think this is an outlier for Tommy DeVito. However, you've got to give him credit. He won a game on the road in a divisional contest. Now, they always tell you the divisional games are the hardest ones. There's always that extra added rivalry. So, but while I, I was putting his backside nine times, I think we've got to give him the credit that he deserves for this one. I think the other quarter The had but, one of the big... Sorry, yeah. I was just going to say, you've got to, you've got to talk about Zach Wilson as well in terms of weeks for a quarterback. He managed to fall on his arse during an advert break, so the TV decided to show it to give them a chance. And he took out his own head coach on the sidelines. Um yeah. I'm just not sure what else can go wrong for that poor guy.
0: Especially at a time of year that is synonymous with Shambolic Jets quarterback performances. Of course, it is 11 years to the very day since the famous butt fumble play where Mark Sanchez ran into the arse of a former Scottish Claymore and spilled the ball to the Patriots who scooped it up and scored on Thanksgiving. Uh, What a play that is. Um, The the term butt fumble, to be perfectly honest, is utilised repeatedly uh, as rightly it should uh, and that play of Zach Wilson falling over Zach Wilson actually does get a nomination from Nicky Brown, he says it's almost harsh at this point but it has to be Zach Wilson as he's been a complete disaster for the second year in a row and has finally been dropped <laughs> I don't I think this is a misinterpretation of what a belter is uh, the trip running backwards will live on forever, how did he beat the Eagles that's the other thing here is that one in, against the Eagles is a Zach Wilson one, like what Mental. um Two other nominations. Ross Taylor gives his to Trevor Lawrence. Amazing weekend and a bit of a return to form for someone who's had a lot of questions asked recently. And Sarah Taylor gives it to Tyreek Hill. Uh, another over 100 yard game, six so far this season. Of course, injured himself, came back and still contributed. So, a lot to be said for what Tyreek Hill is. And I tell you what, what a player he would be for the Chiefs right now. Exactly the sort of thing that they would need. So there you go. That's the nominations. Anyone else that you want to add into the mix this week?
1: Um, I think there's a couple of people that are worth mentioning um, along the way. Um, and I've just lost who was going to say Daryl Singletree. I thought it had a great week, <laughs> terrific week Darryl. for the Texans. No, no, no. Devon, Devon. Oh, Devin for singletree.
2: crying out. Not you as well. This is <laughs> contagious. Yeah. Devin. We've swapped roles for this one. We've swapped roles for this one podcast. <laughs> we have we've been doing this for how many years now? And you still can't the pair of you pronounce names right. It's unbelievable. Devon, do we not, do we not Devin even Singletary. Devin Singletry. <laughs> Devin Devon, like Devin Locke, which like which you two are honestly spread eagling yourselves in front of the, the finishing line.
1: Oh now, dear. I think you'll find it's Devin. Anyway, yep. Mr. Singletree had a great game. <laughs> I really you know, he he was terrific. So I think he's probably yeah. worth a mention somewhere along the line. I think the other thing we've got to talk about is just the number of good quarterbacks that are getting injured. Uh yeah, um, well and it, I, it, it, I, I do wonder to devalue things.
2: Uh, yeah, well, I know. I mean, this I mean the Ravens are gonna win the AFC North by default because there's gonna be nobody else left. If you're up against Jake Browning and Dorian Thompson Robinson Johnson or whatever his name is. It, I, I, it doesn't I count. It doesn't, it doesn't.
1: It doesn't. Names, mate. I don't know. I'm just
2: making names up because at the moment <laughs> it doesn't matter who you what your name is. You could turn up and be an AFC North quarterback. I mean, if we've established that Kenny Pickett isn't even a serious quarterback, there's no competition in that division. So it's not even. It's going to have an asterisk next to the name of whoever wins the AFC North this year, and we all know that. And ultimately, in, an, in on a serious note, what a chance the Ravens have got now. What a chance to go number one seed. And if they don't, this is the year of the choke, I would say. I, I don't trust them. And he's not here, so he can't defend this. And I'm going to go for it full full leather now. I have never trusted the Ravens when it comes to the playoffs. This is the year that they can take advantage. This is the year that everything is falling their way. All the chips are aligning and you know, the stars are falling, or whatever you want to call it. Now they have the chance. All their... All the teams that are, you know, going to cause them problems are slipping up or losing quarterbacks or don't have receivers. It's uh, it's looking good for them, really is. So here's the jinx now, and I'm going to get the voodoo doll out.
0: Well, so I will jump in briefly and say that to dismiss teams because they're on their backup quarterback isn't necessarily fair, right? Nick Foles. Backup quarterback who won a Super Bowl. Tom Brady was a backup quarterback when he won his first Super Bowl. Uh, Kurt Warner was the backup to the Rams that year. Sometimes the backups the, are great. The,
2: well, Sometimes the, dro- the backups are great. I think when you're talking about Joe Burrow, the drop down is going to be enormous. And we we saw the Browns win 13-10 with a team that was almost essentially reliant on its running game and it's defense. And I think that they'll still win more games that way, Cleveland, because of how good that defense is. But you can't see them scoring in the playoffs with um, DTR at quarterback. You just can't see them scoring 20, 30 points a game to win. Um, it, it just it doesn't stack up. And it, the, that, it, 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 it's, it staggers me that not enough teams plan for the possibility that this might happen. And to be fair to Baltimore, they have done over the years. When you look at Tyler Huntley, who came in last year and nearly beat the Bengals in a playoff game, Baltimore are one of the few teams that have actually had a backup plan. Jay Browning's not going to take Cincinnati to the Super Bowl, is he? It's not gonna we happen. don't know that he's not played in the NFL. To be proven. well, he no, has. He's, he's been not. around for four or five years. He yeah, been. but it was he was and an off, found- he was only ever on the practice squad. He never played for the Vikings when he was there. like and he's only played. And there's your indictment right there. Why don't you yeah. go out and and get somebody who's proven as a backup like Josh Dobbs, which is what Minnesota did. Do you know? Uh, We talked about this before, and why the Jets, you know, didn't go and get a better backup for Aaron Rodgers. If you're going to sign a guy who's a Super Bowl caliber quarterback, at least get somebody that can back him up who's half decent.
1: See, I I think it falls into a couple of different categories here, Charles. I think we all understand the salary cap. We all understand the restrictions on the number of quarterbacks or good quarterbacks that are there. But to me, it's coaching negligence. If you've got a team with a shot at the Super Bowl, you have to have a veteran number two quarterback that you can trust for three or four weeks. Now, we've seen it when Patrick Mahomes has gone out with the Chiefs. They've come in. They've done just enough because they can rely on the rest of the team. But if you've got a team and some people did think the Jets were certain playoffs, possible championship game under Rodgers, the drop off was way too steep. And I think it's negligence on a coaching part. If you've if you've got a Super Bowl capable team, you have got to have a rely a, a more reliable backup. Now it, everybody knows that I'm not a fan of Jameis Winston. That's fairly obvious, but he's got the ability to come in and take over at the Saints without a huge drop-off, let's be honest. And that's what that's what you're looking for. Somebody could have gone to New Orleans and said, we'll take Jameis Winston, because I think he's a better player than Dobbs, for example. Did you, um, did you
2: just say something nice about
1: Jameis?
0: I, I know, I, and I also think that him... I actually disagree with you about being be a better player than Dobbs. Week. I think Dobbs has done really well. I think Dobbs has done really well. But I get the point, like... If you look at the catalogue of his career, definitely. Like he's yeah. he's Winston is highly capable of greatness, but he's also equally capable of just disgusting trash play. But he's which is that's, yes, that's why problem. I don't like you him. you can win with Winston. You can win with Winston. There's no two you ways. I have won that. with Winston. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah.
2: And you should be starting Winston this weekend. So there we go. Well, <laughs> it, that, might
0: a... it might happen. It might happen.
1: <laughs> that's another story but there, there is your thing you know you've got to have somebody that you can rely on to to be able to come in and not to do so Is to me it's coaching staff negligence uh, now the Jets did we give them a pass because Zach Wilson had had a couple of years knew the system etc they probably thought he would see them through two or three weeks I don't think they envisage that sort of season ending injury so I think we can cut them a little bit of slack but to me, you've got to. It, it's got if to be somebody serious. who
2: you're prepared to start who can win you a game. I think it's you know, pretty simple.
1: Win you two or three games. That's what you need. Yeah. Um, so. And I would rather pay a little bit more money for that and say to your... you know, you can work out any deals that you like. You know, if you're a starting quarterback, you're going to get injured for a month. The last thing you want to do is suddenly get your team taken out of contention or you're going to have to go playoffs on the road and things like that. It's a business. If you said, look, we're not going to give you you know, $18 million on your contract this year, we're going to give you 17 because we're going to use the other million to get a better backup. Most of them would see the, the bigger picture in that and go for it.
2: The reason yeah, we're um, discussing this, of course, is because we're talking about Tommy DeVito, a backup what hey. is who has Absolutely. actually done something good. So there you go. That is how we get around to the, the question of who should be the belter. I think purely on that basis, the New York Giants should get the credit for signing a good backup quarterback that threw for three touchdowns, even though he was sacked nine times. So there you go. That's my vote.
1: <laughs> yes, but all of these guys, and you could, you could go back over the years, all of these guys usually can play well once or twice. But they're not going to carry a team. They're not going to be there for the season. That's why these guys, you know, some of the backups last two, three years or they're on practice squads and stuff like that. They're all capable of coming into a game and doing something. But they just can't do it on a consistent basis that they get found out far too quickly. You know, anybody that plays the game at this level is a brilliant quarterback. But we talk about them because they're at this level, and then there's grades, obviously, within that. Uh, I mean, Sam, how are the three interceptions in that Giants game? If he hadn't had three interceptions, would we be talking about a Giants win? Who knows? you just got to take it when you can get it. But I think, you know, give the week to to Tommy DeVito. We would have been giving it to, to Justin Herbert if they hadn't dropped six passes along the way. Yeah,
0: lots of dropped passes. I mean, really, it's definitely catching ironically, uh, this bad uh, inability to hold on to the ball The I don't know if it's that time of the season and again, the disruption of backup quarterbacks injured players, things like that, definitely has definitely has its impact things don't go to plan and I think the teams that are able to win out in spite of that are the truly great teams one thing that's happened that we kind of didn't touch on there about going and getting uh, a backup is the Browns have gone and got Joe Flacco, which <laughs> an know. interesting move, right? So one, one, Flacco, are a Ravens legend, going to the Browns, like, is this the most um, Morris Johnson, Kenny Miller type move in the NFL?
2: He's shameless, isn't he? <laughs> He's absolutely shameless. He's going to be taken out of the Ravens ring of honour. <laughs>
1: If, I don't if think somebody he is, like- to be
2: honest with you. He's probably yeah. gone in there to sabotage them because they're mortally afraid that the Browns are going to win another six games with their defence.
1: <laughs> talking about ring, rings of honour and things like that. So, interesting that Jerry Jones finally decided to, to induct Jimmy Johnson into the Dallas Ring of Honour. It only took him... 30 years, and he had the best quote of the week, Jerry Jones saying, I really thought it was time and I wanted to do it this year. That's Bob Aggery of the highest <laughs> level. <laughs> um,
0: okay, right. So the thing is, if we make it Tommy DeVito, mm. then it means that Tommy DeVito is our starting quarterback in That's our team. That's fine of the- by me. Fine. Uh, Paul, your thoughts on that?
1: Look, we, we, we like to acknowledge when somebody does something well. And I don't think anybody... I mean, Bob Purdy, I think, yeah, he, he was fine, but given everything that was around him, no, I think it's it's a mixture of impact and ability there. It's the all about the story.
2: It. It's all about it's the story, Cameron.
1: The, it's the narrative. Plus, if we go to New York, we don't want to get whacked, so we better give it to him. <laughs>
0: well, yeah,
1: yeah. Um...
2: We're going to get absolute dog's abuse next week, by the way. You know that. Four seasons.
0: Four seasons. I'll be surprised if he makes a second. But Tommy DeVito is the belter of the week. I'm trying to find a pen that works so that I can note this down as we do it. Right. So Tommy, we'll move straight on to team of the week then. Um, And Tommy DeVito is our starting quarterback. The bit that we brush over, because it's always hard to tell, um, because we're not really that trained in this, is the line that that person will be behind. If we are looking through the situation there, Dak Prescott wasn't sacked at all. The Dallas line, obviously important, but it was against Carolina. So under your rules. um,
2: Uh, Let's give it to the San Francisco line, because as much as I was critical of the fact that they were playing Tampa and they're not, Tamper are not really to be taken seriously. They do have a decent defensive front, and Brock Purdy played pretty well. So we'll give it to the uh, the offensive line. I mean, in the, it, he was hardly touched all day, so yes. that was why he was able to do what he did. So let's let's give it to them. He did have the four sacks, but there was a lot of uh, good
0: play and ultimately still got the ground game going. So fine, we'll put San Francisco line in there. Uh, who's our running back of the week? There were some really good performances here. Obviously, we touched on uh, Devon Singletary. You could say, obviously, Jalen Warren had a huge game, ultimately ended up on the losing side, but did an awful lot of work for the uh, the Steelers. Isaiah Pacheco on uh, Monday night, losing side, but played very, very well. A couple of really angry runs, like brushing guys off him, which I thought was really interesting. you got to give some credit to the Lions running backs. Uh, I thought David Montgomery played really well, uh, impressive. I think that you can see real flashes of Gibbs and why you know the Lions went and got him where they went and got him. Who's the person, though, that stood out as the uh, the best player this week? Not a lot of running back touchdowns would be the one thing I say.
1: I'm not having the, the the Steelers. I'm I'm just not. You you know, nine carries, 129 yards sounds good, but your team stuck up 10 points. You know, so you, you're racking up yards. It
2: says a lot about not... the offensive coordinator and the fact that you're only giving him nine runs.
1: Yeah, I mean that that that's you know, I mean if you if you look at it, uh. You know, for example, just to pick one at, at random, Mostert, Miami twenty two carries. You know, it, it's all about your play calling, and I just thought that was that that it was just wrong. You know, Etienne's got fourteen single twenty two carries. Yes, it was less effective per carry, but it was obviously working for them. Um, although the Texans got shut out in the second half, which was not which was not ideal. Um, I suppose you're going to tell us it's Christian McCaffrey anyway.
2: No, 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 definitely not, definitely not. Um, so they can't run the ball properly, San Francisco at the moment. He's, Most of his he yards last, are coming out of the backfield, so... Last couple of games, he's he's not been as
0: effective, but it's fine, like Brandon Hyatt. We'll talk about Brandon Hyatt when we get to receivers, but... Uh, I think that Devin Singletary is a good shout because he, even for the touchdown he scored, he really danced through the line, uh, beat a couple of players again against Arizona. But this is a, a rejuvenated Arizona that seems to be playing a bit better with Kyle Murray back. So I think that Singletary is probably the right shout there. So, um, and I agree. Like Warren had one big, massive seventy-four yard run, which accounts for. More than half of his total yards out of the nine carries that he had. So you know that that one big boom play. You know you could turn in and say Gus Edwards. Obviously Mitchell's been getting a lot of the attention. Gus Edwards was strong and steady. Two touchdowns there. Obviously an instrumental part of beating the Bengals. But yeah, there's not been there's not been a lot of really standout running backs. Like if you play fantasy football, the running back position is like a total lottery. It's not It's not turning into points, that's for sure. It's definitely a wide receiver league, which Gordon told us, of course, this is why they're not paid well. But even look at the, the fall-off of someone like Derek Henry. They were playing the Jags this week, and ultimately that's a game where he would typically go off. He didn't go anywhere near off. He's, in fact, he's just gone off. Like, that's I think not he's just gone over things. the cliff, to be honest. Yeah, it's, yeah, anyway.
1: It's interesting to note Justin Fields was the best rusher in the Bears-Lions game. I mean, 18 carries. I mean, Herbert, for for the Chargers at eight carries to lead their team, I always think it's slightly worrying when your quarterback is leading you in in your rushing rushing attempts. It, It either stinks your play calling's bad or your running backs are bad.
0: Uh, and and Justin Fields did all right through the air. He wasn't terrible. He had 105 uh, passer ratings, 16 for 23, 170-odd yards, a touchdown, two sacks, no interceptions against our Lions team that's been playing very well, a defense that's been much improved. So I generally thought the Bears were going to win that. Um, obviously, Detroit showed a lot of character coming through at the end and getting that one over the line, but fine. So we've got Devin Singletary in as our running back. Who's our tight end this week? Uh, again, there's not a massive amount. <laughs> I,
1: I watched the Raiders game uh, against Miami. Um, I don't know. I've fallen out of love with Red Zone. I just there's something about it that I'm not. I'm actually preferring to watch a game. Um, and I chose that game partly because I wanted to see more of Miami. And Kevin Harlan was on the call. Michael Mayer, the Raiders tight end. If they can find a way to get him more involved. Yeah. You know, he looked good. I mean, it was only something like 46 yards, four four catches, something like that. But he looks like he's got a possibility. Uh, or there might be a bit of development there. It's possibly a bit early to be putting him in, in team of the week. But, you know, he'd certainly be a shout.
0: I, I think, yeah, definitely it seems to be improving. I think this week it... I don't I'm going to be accused of being a homer because there's going to be <laughs> two Niners players in this conversation. But I think George Kettle, like if you look at that, 89 before, 89 yards, the most by any tight end by at least 40 yards. Um scored an important touchdown. I think more down to lack of other tight ends playing well. Kettle's the guy that ends up going in into the team that week. That I,
1: I, way. I, th- I,
0: would agree, I would agree with you, Cameron. I would agree with you. And then it comes on to receivers. So there's a few here that are in the conversation. Obviously, I've already mentioned Brandon Ayuk. He led on yards, five receptions, touchdown, 156. Tank Dell, for me, has to go in here. What a season the Texans are having. And the Texans are great fun to watch. I'm thoroughly enjoying watching the Texans again. Uh, And I think the Tank Dell has been... Uh, A great player. He's had a great season. And I think he has to go into the team because he was tremendous. In all the
1: years of this podcast, have we ever actually praised the Texans? I don't know that we've done it much. I'll be honest.
2: No, because they've been mired in scandal for about three years. So (laughs) we can give them a little bit of credit for managing to give up the number one pick and therefore being left with having to pick CJ Stroud. But I think they have done a very good job uh, besides that. Uh, I would throw Calvin Ridley into the mix on this one um because i do believe that that is a shrewd move that they've made you know a couple of years ago obviously when he was suspended for a year they traded for him he sat for a year and now he's back and if they are going to do anything jacksonville i think ridley the ridley lawrence connection has got to fly and it did at the weekend yes
0: absolutely did i i absolutely back that one um and allen it had a couple of drops. The one in the yep. straight, zone, and straight in the tummy. Right in the tits. Uh, and it just... He, he didn't catch it. So for that, it just feels like... Nah, I don't know, Keenan, you had a great day, but it could have been so much better. Yeah,
2: and he's targeted more than any other receiver in the league. I was going to yeah. chuck... Um, Jaden Reed into the mix, and I'll tell you why. Because not only is he a receiver, he's he's running out the backfield as well, and they're using him Green Bay very similarly to the way that they use Debo Samuel in um, San Francisco before Debo Samuel decided he didn't like being a running back anymore. Um, I he, I can see him potentially being the best of that wide receiver crop in Green Bay. Uh, he Robin, doesn't Do- Robin, even. Robin, a- Romeo Dobbs, you know, is the guy who goes up to the high point and can catch the, make the spectacular catches. We've just mentioned Watson and all his problems. Jaden Reed is an all round player and he's a rookie and he's single-handedly in the last two or three weeks carried that receiving core. So it's, it's, it's
0: it's an aim to put in the mix. Like, um, Don'tavian
2: Wex had a better day. Obviously, he had ninety-one yards. Well, you're guns. just looking at, the, you're doesn't... Looking, you're looking at the number there. Performance, but... yes. I'm looking Reed at read Reid. Yeah, if you if you will go watch the game back, Reed is also taking balls at the backfield on on jet sweeps, um, and he's done that more than once. And he's also he he lines up just he doesn't just line up in the slot. He lines up outside as well. He's an all-purpose receiver. So yeah, I mean, Wex had a, a few more numbers in terms of receiving, but. more a a more rounded player. I I definitely think there's a lot to watch out of that um, Packers receiving core.
0: I think for the final receiving position, though, it feels like you want to see some output, right? We've got Ridley in there. He's got two touchdowns. He's got 103 yards. Uh, We've got Tank Dell in there, 149 yards. You're just gonna shoehorn
2: Ayuk into this. I no, mean. no,
0: no, no, I think because Kettle's in there and we've already got the San Francisco line. I think because it's against the Bucks, we don't put him in as well. I the person who I would actually put in as a bit of an outside shout is Odell Beckham, because he's been so much on the back foot. He's not really had the performances since he's been at the Ravens, but up against the Bengals, he had four receptions for 116 yards. Fine, he didn't have a touchdown, but he had a couple of really big, important catches in that game. And it was a little bit of a flash of what he used to be. So it feels like that is maybe a conversation. Another one is Tyree Kill again, another over 100 yards, 146 and a touchdown. Um, and then the only other person that I'd maybe put into the mix there for me is um, Devonta Smith, because so much focus has been on AJ mm. Brown. I thought Devonta Smith played really well against that very good Chiefs defence. So if we're talking about, you know, the the opposition being relevant to the conversation, that Chiefs defence has really stepped up this year, especially yep. in that secondary. Uh, so for, I think for Devonta Smith to have the performance he had, I think he's got a shout.
2: Yeah. Paul? That would be my vote. Yeah.
0: Yep. Fine. Devonta Smith. There you go. Right. Well, there you go. Consensus has been achieved. So the team of the week this week, Tommy DeVito in at quarterback, Devin Singletary is his running back. They are playing behind the San Francisco line. They've got Kittle, which is an extension of that line anyway. They've then got Tank Dell, Calvin Ridley and Devonta Smith as their wide receivers. (laughs) What a team of the week. Right. I keep forgetting to do this. So let's not forget to do it right now. I need a number between one and 36, Charles. For our whiskey, number ten. Number ten is Mark McEwen. I think that might be Mark's second bottle of the season, but it's fine. We're giving away three tonight. Well, so
2: Mark, Paul, if, if you, Mark, if you don't want it, you can send it my way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number between one and thirty-six.
1: Paul. Well, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with this stat for you. The Dolphins. When they are playing when Kevin Harlan is announcing it in the last couple of years are seven and0 oh, when Kevin Harlan's been calling the game on CBS so I'm going with seven. Seven okay <laughs> number seven
0: is Ian Brown congratulations to Ian Brown and then Charles I'll come back to you for uh, number three again one between one and 36.
2: I'm going to go for the number of 30-plus-yard completions uh, in the NFL, the the league leader, Jordan Love, with 18.
0: Ooh, 18. Uh, Congratulations to Lewis Forbes. You're also a whiskey winner. Now, anyone that's listening to this that's gone... I won a bottle of whiskey earlier this season. I still not got it. You are perfectly right to complain, and I hear it because my admin has been atrocious this year. Um, this is because you've been, been
2: drinking all chaos. the whiskey. That's
0: why. <laughs> um, I I I don't know what you're talking about. Yes, um,
2: I should have taken a, a photo and stuck that on the Patreon group.
0: I? <laughs> um, but I will be getting it sorted this week, so your whiskey will be with you before the month is out. Asterix. It might be early December, just due to times to get things sent. But it will be done. I apologize. It's my bad. It's nobody else's. It is what it is. Right. Another thing that we did. We asked everyone this week, because we had this conversation about what's the better co- uh, conference, the AFC or the NFC. Again, <laughs> Gordon isn't here, so we'll land this while he's awake, so to prevent smugness personified, but thir- 33%. Said the NFC, 66% said the eight That's
2: quite an exact uh, percentage. So, are you that's like one third and two thirds? So, uh, are we talking like literally three people voted?
1: 300 so, votes, 100 to 200. <laughs> who, who knew that that was going to happen? We had, yep. as per the previous
0: one, we had one to 36, with 36 people vote, 12 people said NFC, and
2: 24 said AFC. How many of those 24 support a team in the AFC? Oh, I don't know that because I don't know what teams they support. God damn it. <laughs> I th- do you know, I think this is an interesting sort of stop-off point because um, I have read something similar to this and I'm going to throw this argument out there as well. I think as we sit here going into week 12, you can count on probably one hand the number of truly excellent teams in the NFL. There is an absolutely huge amount of dross out there. And I'm talking about teams that we think are good that aren't actually that good. And if you look at the best three teams in the league at the moment are San Francisco, Philadelphia, and Baltimore. I think that's probably a fair assessment. Those are the three teams that have the least amount of kinks in them. That would be my guess, and then you've got a bunch of teams that are we think are good, but they're not actually as good as that we think they are. You know, ten to fifteen teams, and then within that, you've got another ten teams that are all right, bordering pish, and then you've got (laughs) then you've got got the bottom layer. So I I think there's only three really. I think there's only three really good teams in the league. Okay, I think that's an interesting talking point. So I don't. I I, I put a caveat on that as well. A caveat on that as well, in that Philadelphia are the only team that I actually trust out of there. I I don't trust San Francisco's defense at the back end. I think you can throw on them. I mean, if Baker Mayfield can throw on you, and I mean, they only put up 14 points, Tampa, but they could have put up a hell of a lot more, um, then I think they're going to struggle in the the playoffs. I think San Francisco, in terms of I think teams will throw on them. I don't think you can bully every team. If you're not the number one seed, I think you've got a problem there. I could see the same thing happening to them again in, in Philadelphia in the championship game. And I do not trust Baltimore in the playoffs. Come back to me when Baltimore win a playoff game. So... Uh, yeah, and I think... I mean, they've
0: won them recently, but yes. Not many. The The Ravens the and the Niners, the challenge there is if, if they play their best game, they have a more than great chance of winning. And I think that there's not a lot of teams that you can say that about. Um, I think Philadelphia, for me, the Eagles are the strongest team on both sides of the ball. I just don't see a flaw. I just don't see any flaws at all. And that performance against the Chiefs in Kansas City, it just epitomizes everything about that team uh, and why they're doing so well. I I would put a couple of names. I still think Kansas City are in that top-tier conversation. I think that, fine, uh, uh, a bit of a Kelsey off bit and the receivers struggling to catch in a wet, Monday night, that aside, I still think that they're a top-class team and cannot be removed from that top-tier conversation. The other team that I'm going to put into that is the the Cowboys. I think that the Cowboys are playing really
2: well. They um, are flat-track bullies. They, they're, split, they're they're, they, sma- they smash teams and you know that are crap and put 40 points on them, but they, only, they, they did show up against the Eagles. They actually played all right. But again, would you trust them in the playoffs? I wouldn't
1: yeah so it's like they, Miami
2: Miami haven't beaten a team that's got a record of over 500 so yeah I
1: mean the thing for the Cowboys Charles I mean that's I mean six of their wins have been by over 20 points but how many of those wins would you say were signature wins
2: yeah when was the last time they beat a good team in an important game you know so, probably so, when Troy Aitman was in charge
1: you know, know so that but the counter to that, to that is always you can only beat what's in front of you, and that's what they're doing, and they're doing it comfortably. So you've, you've got to give them perhaps the benefit of the doubt. Um, in this, their defense is good. Um, you know they, they are a better team than they have been. This this could be this could be their year. Uh, I mean, to, to go full Ron Burgundy on this, we talk about the AFC having so many better teams. Only one of them's getting to the Super Bowl at the end of the day, and it's gonna you know so. You know, they might be the stronger conference at the moment, but I think we can all remember back to the time where you dreaded um, you, you, you treated the NFC Championship game as the Super Bowl for such are a we, long time.
0: Are we also discounting the Lions
1: here? Yeah. I, th- I think, and, and I don't want to be unfair to the Lions, and they had a great comeback win. Um, I think they That was the first time in 85 games that they'd come back trailing double digits with five minutes left to play in the game. So you've got to give them credit for that. But it was against the Bears. And the Bears, did the Lions win it or did the Bears hibernate? You know, there's different ways to look at it.
2: The Lions are a wonderful story. They are going to win the NFC North. They're going to have a home playoff game they have shown that they have major flaws. Um, the defense has got issues. Jared Goff will carry you for the most part, but then he will throw in a game. And if he can play a really good postseason, then they've got a chance of you know, being the number two seed and getting to the championship game. And there's no doubt about it. But I think if, if you're San Francisco and you're firing all cylinders and you go into Detroit, you're thinking you're going to win that. You really are. Um, the only team, if you're the Niners or the Eagles, that you fear are the other one potentially I don't think you take the the Lions seriously as a threat I would say that would be my view although they beat, they beat, they beat Kansas City they've 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 proven since that they then
0: they've not it. beaten yeah they've beat Kansas yeah. City week one they've not beaten a great team since exactly. they've had a
2: couple of and they don't have a, big they, 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 they don't really oh, play yeah. many great teams and when they went to Baltimore they got smashed and this is the thing about Baltimore is that I don't trust them because Baltimore have beaten loads of teams handsomely look some good teams as well and yet then you go and lose to the colts and you lose to the browns at home it's that's why you don't you can't be trusted to win a game when it you know when it matters by the way baltimore won one playoff game in a decade so don't get 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 on your horse gordon that and baltimore have got a good playoff record they've won one game a wildcard game against tennessee and that's why i don't trust them and lamar's won one game in five years in the playoffs and fair enough he's been injured but they've got a lot to prove they have a lot i think the afc is so open and it's not it's it's a muddy picture at the moment and so much can happen in the next four to five weeks um and you can see them all knocking each other out and at the end of it you get the team that manages to get to the super bowl is going to get flattened by philadelphia
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's certainly a possibility. But when we talk about these teams, the Ravens, the Lions, etc., they have built well. They're on an upward course, you know. And who knows what next season might bring to plug those pieces that they're missing? So I think they're going in the right direction. Now, would it shock us if the Lions had a couple of great playoff wins? No, we don't think it will happen, but it wouldn't shock us. The same with the Ravens. They're, they're not that far away, but I, I don't think they're of the same class as your Eagles, your Chiefs, etc. at the moment.
2: Chiefs have got problems. And we talked about their uh, receiving court. Mahomes is playing really, really well, I think. Their defence is as good as it's ever been, and the, the two lines are very excellent. But how long can you go with relying on Travis Kelsey? And Travis Kelsey, to my mind is now he's tipped over the hill this season. I mean, he had a great season last year, but there is evidence to suggest he's not physically fully fit. I mean, he's got a great life. He's got a podcast. He's got a a girlfriend who is apparently quite famous. He doesn't need this anymore. He's won two Super Bowls. You wonder whether this might be the end for him.
1: Is it a bit delicate to ask that? You know, I mean, is it karma? Um, Is he being distracted by
2: Taylor Swift?
1: In exactly. his wildest dreams, you know, he, he can't, he can't suddenly turn into an anti-hero and say, don't blame me. So that's five Taylor Swift songs and one answer. How about that? Uh, it's not bad. Are,
2: are you so, trying to prove that you know popular music here? I, all he's well, doing just, is proving that he's figured out what chat GPT is. Like, let's no, be honest. I just, I, I, <laughs> I can
1: read a list and, and construct <laughs> sentences. Um, it, it's what is better proved. than what I can do. Um, you, you know, it's, you know, mm-hmm. but we're about to go back to December, so who knows where that will will, will come for it. He might be ready for it. Um, you know, there's a few great wars ahead. I could go on all night, but I'm not going yes. There's a bit of a blank then, space
2: at the end of this uh, Yes, way. there is, there is. And we'll this move on. Segment. Let's move on.
1: <laughs> so
0: I, we need to cover the rants. There's a few. There's not as many this week, but there's a few. So I need to cover one because Gordon obviously got a nomination for Belter of the Week. Um, he also gets a rant. Uh, in his general direction. It comes from Steve Briggs, who basically just says, to Gordon Jinxy Bastard McGuinness, the Bears need no bloody help in buggering things up, let alone the, even the Bears couldn't lose this comments in the Patreon chat, when clearly they can, and did, lose the game, including one where they dominated.
1: Yeah. Um, That's the kind of game that gets people sacked, by the way. It is. Yes. Yeah. Uh, are you talking about
0: Gordon McGuinness. I'm quite happy to get rid of him if we if we end a year review.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, we'll we'll keep Gordon. But these are the games I mean to come back to, to the Chargers, that that's the kind of game that's gonna get Brandon Staley stacked as well. Oh I if think you he's, can't win, he's gone. I know, but if he wins these things, it makes it more difficult to get rid of him. But these are the sackable games when you have got the game in your control and you cannot execute to finish it off. Okay, it was six drops, but I mean, I, I, I don't know about you guys, but you, I look at a lot of the stuff and basically there's a lot of people now saying the Chargers are, are a badly coached team. I think now, they've been
2: badly coached for many years. I don't think this is yeah, a new phenomenon.
1: really. No, but I I agree with that, Charles, but there's only so many accusations of badly coached you can do before owners will start to take things and say, you have got to go. Um, And yeah, I think these are the games that get you sacked.
0: Yeah, Yeah, it's true. It's funny enough... um... Paddy Kelly, one of his front is for Brandon Staley. Beautiful to see him lose his shit with the reporter. The guy's finally being exposed for the years of bad, aggressive play calls. And despite one of the better rosters, he has done absolutely nothing with it, other than shitting the bed against the Jags in the playoffs. Um, which is I think a very pertinent point uh, to your Jimmy Johnson one Lauren Callahan has a rant saying it's a rant but it doesn't sound like one probably that Jimmy Johnson is finally going into the ring of honour even better that the press conference to announce it was at Panther Stadium some mighty big balls there Jerry. Um uh, Derek Hanlon gives it to Kevin Stefanski because he had a mare between not challenging either safety and his game plan for DRT not stretching the field at all he was lucky to get away with that not Having your AFC nonsense. Will Chiefs Ravens win the Super Bowl? Probably. Does the NFC have a lot of dross? Absolutely. However, bestie teams at the moment are Eagles, yet still not 100% firing the 49ers. Yes, they lost three, but rebounded well. And the Lions. Who knows if they'll crash and burn, but they're ah. 8 and 2 and loving it.
2: So great there from he, cl- uh, he clearly voted for the NFC in our vote out of uh, <laughs> which conference is better.
0: Uh, Lewis Forbes comes in against the Ravens the Ravens offense is a big barrel of horseshit. one fourth quarter touchdown all season is absolutely honking they've got a league high 26 drops this season exemplified perfectly by Valdez Scantling dropping a very catchable throw under no pressure which could well have won us the game is he talking about the Ravens
2: or the Chiefs the Chiefs, did I say? Yeah, he's talking about the Chiefs. You said the Ravens, the so that was Sorry. why I'm confused. The Chiefs' so well
0: offence, the Chiefs' offence. Oh, and Kadarius Tony returning a punt with only 10 players on the field is schoolboy shit. And Dave Talb needs his balls felt for not having
2: uh, the basics done right. Do you, know which, uh, do you know which team scored the most points in the fourth quarter this year? Who? Green Bay. The Packers.
0: Is it because you're always behind and <laughs> having
2: to chase Correct. the game? Correct, yeah. exactly. Here's another one for you. I'm, I'm just... I'm, I'm in a bit of a homer mood tonight. Um the uh there's a brilliant stat doing the rounds because obviously Jalen Hurts is you know doing very well and <laughs> leading the um the conversation, some would say, for MVP and the Eagles are the best team in the league. Um Jordan Love's got pretty much exactly the same stats as him and one more touchdown, and yet nobody's talking about that. I don't buy that as from the point of view of um matching people up in equivalence is because this is the obsession that people have with quarterbacks it shouldn't be about that it should be about the team dynamic and the team dynamic of course in Green Bay has been nothing like the one in Philadelphia but given you keep questioning me about it every time I pop up I'm just saying I don't think he's doing that badly
1: well two two things strength of schedule as well I think you know Hertz is obviously playing Hertz is about
2: to. well Hertz has had a very easy strength of schedule up to now it's about to get extremely difficult
1: yeah, and he, he's passed one of those tests. And again,
2: mm.
1: you, you're comparing the right positions, but unless you're comparing circumstances, you cannot compare quarterbacks just by their numbers. No, all. I mean, the, the, the passing Luka.
2: leader is Sam Howell, but look how bad he was last other weekend. So.
1: <laughs> it, it, it comes down to it, Charles. It, it's my argument between the most valuable player and the best player. And they're two different things. And we keep talking about the MVP should be the best player in the league. It's not, it's most valuable to your team and what you mm. contribute. And I think sometimes that gets that gets overlooked. Not on a quality podcast like this, it should be said, but on a nah.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. We will talk about uh some of the listeners' highlights of our two hundred and fifty episodes so far. But before we do that, we need to turn our attention to week twelve. Of course, we've got a live event at the golf tavern. This one a little bit more low-key. Uh, we'll be in the upstairs area of the golf this time. Uh, we'll be having a bit of an informal chat, will be highly interactive, lots of opportunity to win things, plenty tickets still available, so make sure that you check out our social media for that. Um But ultimately, you know, we're going to get some people together. We're going to have just a bit of a laugh. Uh, We're going to have some giveaways. And there's a great night ahead of us watching football, having food and drinking some beers. What more can you want, right?
1: Absolutely. It's going to be great. And actually, I I need to cycle back to the Belter Award. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because the actual Belter of the week is me. Okay. And let let me explain why. (sighs) When I was in New Orleans in the summer, I bought a Saints jersey for twenty dollars. Marquise Calloway because he'd gone to Denver. The jersey was on sale, twenty dollars. The Saints signed him back two days ago. Jersey current again, one hundred and twenty dollars. Well saved that. That's a belt. <laughs> that is a belter. I'll tell you absolute belter
2: just to break it to everyone who's turning up paul will be uh auctioning that off as a raffle prize on sunday
1: what, what i am now regretting is they had the home jersey the away jersey and the color rush i'd only bought the home one i should have bought all three off of off oh, uh, but i didn't because um, i'm not a big fan of the color rush jersey but i should have done that um but yeah so it's it's my it's my belter actually so um, Thursday night football, though, we've got
0: three games this week. We've got Lions, Packers, we've got Cowboys, Commanders, and then technically Friday morning, we've got Seahawks 49ers. Probably the pick of the three is the last. Lions, Packers, interesting, though, because the Packers are starting to get a bit better. Jordan Love's starting to find his groove. Uh, how, I've seen the what, injury report this yeah, week. Yeah, I know,
2: it's pretty grim reading. But what's your expectations of this one, Charles? Uh, my expectations is they are closer than in the previous game. Um, look, we've talked about how good Detroit have been. Uh, I think Detroit have shown signs of flakiness at various points what do I expect from this game from Green Bay's perspective I expect them to bend and not break too much on defence which is what they do which is why they're just so infuriating to watch I expect Jordan Love to, to throw the ball deep if he has anyone to throw it to which we don't know as, as we sit here recording um, and I, I expect probably Detroit to win by 10 points but I, uh, I wait to be surprised, is what I, I think it's fair so, to
0: say. We'll just cover some bits and pieces here. So the last time the Lions won on Thanksgiving was 2016, where they beat the Minnesota Vikings. The last time they played the Packers on Thanksgiving was 2013, and they beat the Packers 40-10. mm so, But other than that, their recent record is quite disgusting. Since 2004, they've only won four times on Thanksgiving. All time, they have a record that's not necessarily anything to write home about either, considering they're at home. They're 37, 44, and 2 when playing on Thanksgiving. Um, They are much elevated. There's a lot going to be asked. There's a bit of expectation now in Detroit, that's something that the team's probably not used to so i think paul that's the interesting dynamic here right
1: what i want to see because i usually you think we've watched football for 20 plus years and you think oh it's the lions that are on because they really give you that you know that thanksgiving day this this is potentially a good game i want to see two things and i want to see it from the head coaches i want to see dan campbell not suddenly become afraid and I want him to go for it as he's been doing. And I want Matt LeFleur to come in and think, stuff it, nobody's expecting us to do well here. Let's get a really good game plan and try and exploit those little weaknesses that the Lions have and actually be relatively aggressive. And I'm not sure that is how Matt LeFleur will play it. I don't know if Charles thinks he might, but I would like to see them have a real swing at the I, think, line.
2: I don't think they have any other option because they're they're, they're so thin on the ground if... As we're recording, there's no Aaron Jones. Luke Musgrave's now on IR because he lacerated his kidney, I think, on, on Sunday. Um, Reed is doubtful. Dontavian Wicks is doubtful. So you've potentially got Christian Watson um, and A.J. Dillon, and that's about it. Um, I, I mean, they've just signed James Robinson. You're talking... You're dredging the depths for people to be available. If James I, Robinson I, once was a very good player. He wants, once ago. upon a time he was a very good player, but he could, he can't even get on a practice squad until two you know two running backs get injured. So they are they're down to the bare bones if the IR report is what it is. Um, whereas I think Detroit have got one player on IR, which is extraordinary, or on on uh, on the injury report, which is extraordinary. I, look, they they I think they'll just they'll chuck it long because they've that's where you can you can hurt Detroit. I think they'll also run it straight at Detroit as well. Dylan will go straight up the middle between the tackle boxes if he's going to run the ball, and they have to—they've got to create turnovers. They've got to create turnovers. I think with Jared Goff, you have a chance with that. But the running game for Detroit is so good that I think you could—they could rack up two hundred running rushing yards quite happily.
0: Yeek. Uh, Half time show. If it is grim, Jack Harlow. Um, I assume you're familiar, Paul with jack's
1: work oh, huge fan i mean jack and yeah. i go way back yeah, yeah. that'll be great looking forward to it. i hope he if he does all these great songs he'll have time for a few others as well so that'll be good And
0: <laughs> uh, to the second game and it's cowboys commanders they need to bounce back dolly parton the halftime show here paul where does dolly sit in your the does she fit into
1: your ear or, or
0: typically not so much
1: I don't have ears that size. That would be the first thing I would have to say. Uh, I actually prefer her as a songwriter rather than an artist. Okay. Fair um, enough. This is a game, again, it's a divisional game. You know, we, we get a lot of these NFC East games. If it had been the other way about if Dallas were at least having to travel to Washington, there might be more of an edge to it. Um, I talked earlier in the pod camera about games that get you fired. Ron Rivera. The loss to the Giant, that's the kind of game that gets you fired. Now, arguably, I think he was going to be out anyway. I still think he will be out, but that's the kind of game that doesn't help when the Giants, with a sort of third-string quarterback, come in and overtake you. Um, I, I really don't, I think, I mean, I think I mentioned that they've got six-plus wins by 20 points. Uh, by the end of the turkey, it's going to be seven I suspect that. I'd love to be able to spin a narrative to say that I would trust the commanders to do something here. I don't. I think for all of their potential weaknesses against good teams, Dallas know how to beat poorer teams. Mm.
0: Um, The final game then is the Niners versus the Seahawks. Seattle go back to San Francisco. Hang on, no, this is in Seattle, isn't it?
2: No, yes, the game is in Seattle. Yes, it's
0: yes. in Seattle, yes. So home field advantage. Um, we know that Pete Carroll knows how to coach his team well. The, the The strengths of the Seahawks are such that they can exploit the Niners. This is definitely not a given. Well,
2: that's only if Geno Smith's playing.
0: Uh, but he, all things are trending that he is going to play. I mean, he came back into the game at the end there. Uh, and I think that, you know, if they get the receivers going... That's the area for the 49ers that can absolutely be exposed. The secondary has got flaws, big flaws, uh, including the injuries that we've had uh, again this week. It's a a weak secondary that's already made, um, you know, weaker by Hufanga being out for the rest of the season, by the looks of things. So it's it's a tough one, right? Uh, This could be a really interesting game because of that, though. So... I think it's a good game. Unfortunately for us, it's on late. So let's turn our attention instead to the games that will. Well, in fact, we can't because we've got a Friday night game because we've got this Amazon Black Friday. Let's get <laughs> everyone to the Amazon site and show an NFL game that they thought was going to be Aaron Rodgers versus the Dolphins. Now is Tim Boyle versus the Dolphins. But hey, ho, oh, people are going to view in nonetheless. Brutal. Um, It's not necessarily the high profile game. Amazon apparently paid 100 million for the privilege. This is about driving people online on the busiest shopping day of the year.
1: Yeah, but the mistake they made, if they'd waited until Black Friday, they probably could have got it for about 75 million. I'm I'm, I'm just saying, no, it's, it's, it's potentially a horrible game, although the Dolphins are fun to watch. Yeah. For us, though,
0: let's look at the games that we'll be watching at the Golf Tavern. We've got Colts-Buccaneers, which is interesting because both teams still could make a, a run that gets them into their divisions because of the poor divisions that they're in. Giants-Patriots is fascinating because is, is this Bill Belichick's last game? Um, he's fallen no. foul of the Giants in two Super Bowls. Is the third significant loss of the Giants at the end of his Patriots career?
2: No, it will not be it will not be. He's not going anywhere until the end of the season. He's he will be owed that much.
1: Belichick that, that to the could char- be
2: eye-wateringly bad. That game. The, Belichick
1: it, to the Chargers. You heard it here first.
0: Yeah, I, that's where I put my money as well. I'd gotta definitely be. say definitely. Be. Bengals Steelers interested to see what Browning is. Obviously, what will the Steelers do now that Matt Canada's gone? Is obviously great celebration amongst the fans fascinating AFC North that, that could be a 9-6 game it could be a 9-6 or it could be a 33-30 like it genuinely is one of those ones uh, Titans Panthers interested as well both teams obviously struggling
2: <laughs> Will Levis we need to see what he <laughs> He's all you about, you know, Cameron. You don't need to say a game's going to be interesting. Yeah, I know it's clearly going to be shy. words.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't I, think I don't, we'll see much of I, that on the telly. There's n-
2: listen, there's no Carolina Panthers fans in Scotland anyway. There isn't one out there. Don't, and if there is, then you could send me a letter and I'll apologise. They don't <laughs> exist. No, that game is absolute dog shit. Let's not talk about that. (laughs) Okay, let's not. Texans Jags is interesting. That's that's a good game.
0: That's a good game. CJ Stroud, uh, can he take his Texans and beat the Jacksonville Jaguars? Who are I love the game. And Falcons Saints, if it's a Jameis Winston game, right? If Jameis Winston is playing for the Saints, being in the presence of Paul Mitchell whilst that happens is worth the money alone to come and join us. Honestly, the content will be sensational. Sensational.
2: Did they? but when you were in um, the Superdome in the summer, Paul, did they have any Winston jerseys on like sale for twenty quid? And why did you not buy them if you did, if they did, rather than buying a Marquez Calloway shirt? You should have no, brought a Seamus she- she- shirt back for us.
1: No. No, the the Jameis ones, all of them were full price. It was Callaway was leaving. or had left for Denver, so that was why it was $20. Ah. So it was $20 well spent. The main reason, people, people might think I'm cheap and that wouldn't be too far off the mark, but it was because it was number one as well. Um, let's be honest, the Saints, this is a quandary for the Saints because the Saints ain't going to win anything with Jameis Winston at quarterback. I don't think they're going to win anything with Dennis Allen as their head coach but they, they should be winning this game and, you know, staying at the top of their division. It, it's it's a really weird game. I, I'm with you. I think Jacksonville, Houston's a much more interesting game at that time. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh have got to go and win that game. Now that the you know the Bengals don't have Joe you Burrow, know, they've got to go and do that. Yep. We've got some interesting. At least we've got some interesting later games. Hmm. Um, if if you excuse uh, LA and Arizona, Arizona, who are two and nine, are the first team this season to insist on a nationwide or a blackout in Arizona of the other game, the one that's been shown nationally because they are, they are the later game. So they're blocking out the other game. So people are forced to either watch nothing or to watch them. Cleveland, Denver, Denver are coming back. Yeah. 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 Decent wins. You know, who knows where they're going to go with there. Kansas going to Vegas. And then Vegas don't have a quarterback. I get that, but they're starting to show life. They've got a new coach. They've got a bit of an edge. You could see the energy on the sidelines. You know, watch the whole Miami game. And, you know, there's energy there. And Buffalo, Philadelphia. It's game of the week. Game of the week, right? They made a first Buffalo back, you know, Buffalo back, you know. No, 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 no. You've got to come and do something in this one. Because if you're not going to do something in this, I'm not accepting that Buffalo are back.
0: Yes. And what we'll do as well in the room for the people that are coming to the tavern, um, the golf tavern to join us, is we'll actually take a, a, a poll. And if people would rather have the game up and put Red Zone off at that point and watch the game and just get clips of the other ones... We'll do that. You know, it's one of those things. We might see if we can split it over the two screens and show a little bit of everything because it will be a fascinating game. It genuinely will be really, really good. Uh, So do come along and join us. Do check out social media for ticket prices and all that jazz. Right, we need to wrap things up. We've been prattling on for ages. Before I go though, I just want to share some of the comments that we got from people around what they enjoyed about the 250 episodes so far. And at the end of this, guys, I'm going to ask for your own personal highlight of this podcast from 250 episodes. So... Uh, Brian Dando, he says the live events are brilliant, particularly like the ones via Zoom, which broke the boredom of lockdown, plus the whiskey prizes from Loch Lomond. Uh, Thoroughly enjoyed the Pish Pods, plus being a two-time pick in Scotland, and generally it's been a great pod to listen to. So thank you, Brian. Uh, Paddy Kelly says his highlight has been every time I get someone's name wrong, uh, there's far too many of those for him to recall them all. Lauren Callahan's highlight is the episode with Charles Dagnall going toe to toe with Charles Patterson. Uh, definitely a highlight is as the two Charleses went head to head. Another theme that's coming up here Cameron Christie says, anything with Kevin Harlan could listen to that man read out the phone book. The best voice in sports. Sorry, Paul, you've been relegated to. number. I,
1: I, he's talking American sports. That's fine. fine, fine. That's fine. Uh, Kieran Vance
0: says too many of Cameron's mispronounced player names to count Uh Mark McEwen is like I enjoy all the week one events I'm really sorry to be missing out this week Jason Hoffman too many to choose but I look forward to Cameron mangling names it's pretty much why I listen well I'm glad I'm keeping you engaged <laughs> Jason Alan Morton is like all three of the Kevin Highland podcasts. also the Pishcast and the fact that you all enjoy taking the piss out of each other it's the one thing that and I think if we look back at 250 episodes one of the things I have to say is Paul, when we started this, it was... We wanted to bring a level of broadcast professionalism to it. We had a lot of interviews, quite insightful conversations. We tried to get good guests in and stuff like that. And over time, we very quickly realised... And again, we're at 250 episodes, right? We weren't going to be able to maintain intelligent, worthwhile conversations every week with Scottish people. So we got this shambles of a crew together instead. And all we've done is argue about stuff ever since, right? But genuinely, what we did is we... Uh, as we had guests in, there were certain people that were like, you know what? they they The contribution was really good. We should go back and get them, form a little bit of a team here. And I think between the six of us that are the core part of the team, it's it's been brilliant. It's been brilliant. And we can mix and match and, and plug and play. We can all turn up to events
1: uh, and have a good laugh, talk football and
0: have a bit of nonsense as we
1: go as well. I, I agree with you. So I, I tip my cap to you. I I wasn't convinced when you tried to sell me on the idea, but it's worked. So I tip my cap to you for that. Uh, we need to get Jim Ballard back. He is the seventh yep. of the the, the yep. seven. We need to we need to speak to Jim because he brings a a, a sense a sense to some of this. I think we I, you know what we've embraced different styles of podcasts, and I've loved that. We've done the serious interviews. We've done the less series. So if I've got three highlights. I think the pitch cast is a highlight because mm. we're we all we're all of a similar level. we don't get offended by what each other says, and that's great. I've loved speaking to each and every broadcaster that we that we've had on um they have just been tremendous, and a special nod uh to Mike Carson for coming up to the event for Kevin Harlan for being on more than once. Brilliant guy. But I think I think my highlight would be the first time the six of us got together in the same room. Uh, we got some Dixie beer, which I managed to get in from New Orleans. Everybody sat down, bought the beer, we recorded a podcast. And that was the first time the six of us had been in the same room. And it was great fun. And, uh, you know, and I think people might, you know, they might have heard that episode. They might not have thought it was different in any way. But it was just being able to actually sit and interact and, and meet people in the flesh all together. I think has laid the the roots for the success of the podcast i mean no, apart just, of fact, i don't, I don't yeah. like everybody obviously but i mean i've just got to say that you know
0: <laughs> so but, there's there's a few more comments i'll round off with but before we get to them charles uh,
2: your personal the, highlight the thing the thing about um your favorite sitcom or your favorite tv show is the thread that runs through it and for me there's these constant threads that have run through it, which I look forward to uh, every week, and I mean that's why people take great fondness and pleasure in listening to you make the mess of names. Um, every <laughs> year, I look forward to the um, the quiz and the looks on your faces when I give you something completely random that you have to try and answer about American football. So actually, that that triggers me to think I need to start working on the quiz for the uh, the Christmas <laughs> quiz. Um, you know, but my th- my common threads like Paul, after 250 episodes, still angry at Jameis Winston and our constant ability to annoy him with that. Your puerile hatred of Seattle and everything to do with the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> Jamie's um, ability to smile in the face of constant misery because his team are shit. Have been shit for years and will continue to be shit forevermore. Um, the 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 risk when you go on a podcast with Ian that he might libel you, um, <laughs> and then there's you know my my the the deep love I have for Gordon and the deep love I have to piss him off every week.
0: <laughs> these, are I think common, these are yeah. these
2: are common threads and you know that's why that's why i turn up whenever i can or when i'm yeah. allowed yeah
0: it does feel like, yeah, I try and keep the show on the road. Paul's there to bring the broadcast experience. Jamie's trying to see the bright side of things. Ian's trying to get us all in trouble. And you and Gordon are just having a ding-dong. <laughs> and then it, just all, it all works out perfectly, right? Uh, and I think, again, a lot of that comes out. The Pishcasts are always fun. The live events are amazing. Cameron's pronunciation are always good. Listen. But for me, the Kevin Highland interviews are just special. And I think it's nice to be able to put some of that in every now and then. And we've not necessarily done anything for episode 250, uh but episode 300 i'm already working on it so we're 50 away we're 50 away we'll hit that next season so that's one to stick around for for sure top golf event yeah sorry yeah
1: can i just just while i'll interrupt you because i can't the other one that that people might not realize was the the podcast we recorded sitting in Heathrow airport having come off the flight (laughs) from new orleans uh both of us absolutely shattered um we got great seats, but we had a lady in the middle of us who offered to move so Cameron and I could sit next to each other. And we both responded to her that we hated each other <laughs> and didn't want to sit next to each other. And the look she gave us both on that flight was was something else.
0: Yes, I'm not sure she quite got the Scottish sense of humour no, with that one, but I yeah. Don't
1: think so. um... Listen, loads of things
0: that people are, loads of themes here. Um, Steve Briggs says, don't know, lads, lots of laughs along the way and get involved in a great community. The live events are, for me, the highlight. Uh, Andy Harrow is the top golf event and me mispronouncing names. Uh, I didn't realise that people enjoyed it so much. I'll just have to keep doing it, right, just for the – because this is what people want. Uh, Derek Hamlin says he's new to the podcast and the Patreon. But top golf event had him at hello. This is his kind of nonsense. Keep it up. All the pishcasts is Ross Taylor. Uh, and then I thought this was lovely because there's a couple of wee shots at Paul here at the end that I think are beautiful and somewhat up for you, Paul. Nikki Brown says, hard to pick, but any time Mitchell brings up Winston, you know it's going to be good. Um, Absolutely. And, and Sarah Taylor says that her highlight was, that one time Paul was happy, I think he might even have smiled.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's no photographic evidence there, there of isn't. that, so I deny there it. Isn't. There I there deny isn't. it.
0: Um, and listen, we are always looking for input and things that we can do better, ways to improve. You know, the Patreon is about building the Scottish community. We'd love to do more. We'd love to keep this going. Uh, well, we'd love to keep, We will keep it going. Uh, you know, Kenny Law, obviously, has he reached out to say the still butter thing made him laugh last week, but the first interview with Kevin Harlan was amazing, as have been other ones since, also the Pishcast. So, you know, Kevin Harlan gets a real mention in there. I actually emailed Kevin today to congratulate him on his 500 telecasts, mentioned that we were at 250, and to say that so much of the feedback has been about how great he's been on the three times he's been a guest. Uh, I think the fact that he's given up three hours of his time over the years to us is just fantastic. Yeah. Um, for me, personal highlight, I think this has taken us to funny old places, right? Uh, I ended up on off the ball as a guest on the back of that. Paul, you've been on the BBC a couple of times talking about the NFL, which probably before this podcast you may not have done. Um, I got to go to Cleveland and spend time with Jamie Gillen on his journey. We've watched David Ajabo from playing at high school go all the way through college and ultimately make it into the NFL. We, we will try and speak to him. We have asked a number of times the Ravens keep saying no, but we'll work on that. Um, getting the opportunity to go to London, bump into people, th- having th- these live events—top golf was amazing. The the week on it, uh, the golf taverns always amazing. So it's brilliant. Thoroughly enjoy it. all the people that have been guests. Thank you to every single one of you. It's been an absolute pleasure so far. And listen, we'll keep going to five hundred at least, right? Let's keep let's keep the show on the road. But 300 is the next milestone. We'll definitely do something special for that. I've got a, cu- I had a couple of conversations about trying to get people on for this one. They weren't able to do this, but they've said that they will do something with us, so we'll keep them in the back pocket. And again, we'll maybe get back around to them at 300. But I reckon this is the full-time whistle for episode 250. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this and every single episode of this podcast.
1: Enjoy your Thanksgiving Day football. Plenty of great games. And then if you can, join us at the Golf Tavern in Edinburgh on Sunday. But episode 250 comes to a close with me thanking Michael, Cameron Hobbs. My thanks to Charles Patterson, and to you for listening hopefully see you on Sunday enjoy your football thanks for listening bye for now